Blog Talk Radio.
God what your desires are. Talk to God. When you talk to God, God will listen. But when he gives you instructions, you need to listen and follow through. Can I get an amen? Amen. God's word is truth. God's word is power. God's word is medicine for this sick, sick world, for our sick, sick soul. God's word is medicine. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I pray tonight that somebody get the dosage that they need. I'm telling you, trust God. Talk to God. Depend on God. And wait on God. Wait for God. Say yes on tonight. So without any further ado, I'm going to present the song. I'm going to introduce the others. But I'm going to tell everybody about the woman of God that's bringing forth the word tonight and place of Dr. Serena Wright, who is not able to be with us. This is her normal Monday night. She is not able to minister to us tonight, but I'm sure she said she will be listening in. And hopefully, if there's an opportunity, Dr. Wright will be able to share with us on tonight. But I'm saying to you all, get ready. Get ready. Get ready to hear what God has for the body of Christ. Apostle Elect, are you ready? Uh, Minister Sylvia, did you, can you hear me? Yes. Dr. Wright says she's listening and she can't wait. All righty now. You've already prayed for the program? No, I didn't pray yet. I was leaving that up to you. Um, you can go ahead and pray, Minister Sylvia, and then I'll, I'll okay. come back because um, this is going to be an interactive night. So I pray that your um, onlookers are ready to be a part of the program tonight. All right. Okay, so let's join together, you all. Let's come together with corporate prayer. We want to pray for the sick that shut in, and we want to pray for our different cities and states. We want to pray that God's word and his blood cover all. Father God, we're going to first come to you asking you for forgiveness, oh God. Asking you to forgive us whatever state we are in. Asking you to forgive us for every sin we have committed. Every sin we have done, whether it's been sins of omission, sins of commission, sins that we're not even aware, sins that we want to act like we didn't know. God, we're going to just ask you to forgive us of any sin that's not pleasant or welcoming or received in your sight. God, we're just going to ask you to go into every home, every bedroom, every living room, every bathroom, every kitchen, every basement, every rooftop, every backyard. We're going to ask you to go in every part of their home, house, or apartment, wherever, even if they're homeless, God, we're just going to ask you to go in and touch right now. Open their ears and their hearts that they will receive. God, we're going to ask you to go into every hospital room, whether it's a rehab center or a nursing home or a hospital or a doctor's office. Is this the clerk sitting at the desk or the security sitting at the door? God, we're going to just ask you to touch every doctor, all the way down to the person that passed the tray or the person that changed the garbage bag. God, we're going to ask you to touch each and every one of them, that when they come into contact with each and every patient, they treat them as the first one 
the individual, they treat them as special. They let them know that they're special, oh God. You don't treat everybody the same. It's not like a one-size-fit-all outfit, God. You treat everybody different because hurt people hurt people, and people that are hurting need to be helped. God, we just ask you to go into every cell and every jail across the world, God. Send your word. Send your comforter. Send the Holy Spirit, God, to convict the spirit of each and every man and woman that's in lockup, God. We ask you to bring back all the children that have been kidnapped, have been snatched, God. We just ask you to open that highway up, that revenue up, that doorway up for those kids to get to come back home to a different atmosphere. God, we just ask you to go into every school, every after-school place, every place of business, every place that people are involved, God. We're watching on the news. We ask you to go into our streets and our neighborhoods, oh, God. God, we're asking you to put the axe at the root. We're asking you to stop the hand of Satan from wavering and coming and going around the land, God, seeking who he may destroy. God, we're just asking you to show up and be God. Let your word on tonight, God, be poured, be rubbed, be anointed. Let it be received. We send this word out with approval from you, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Woman of God is in your hands now. Amen. Wow. Thank you for such an awesome prayer. Can you hear me well? Yes, I can. Okay, so I pray that we have an interactive broadcast. If we don't, um, the message will be that which the people on the World Wide Web will be able to go and listen to in the archive. Well, one of my um, partners or I would say people that I fellowship with on the Facebook and people that put stuff out on Facebook as far as things, they wrote and they said, you can be overlooked, talked about, plotted against, and still come out on top. My, 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 my. And then from that, I wrote to Mr. Sylvia and I said, many games are simply a game. But you or God decides if you have a role or position in them, in the game. You decide if you want to play or participate in the game. You even decide if it's worth the competition for and of your peace or the challenge, the struggle, or the outcome. And if you need to be perfected in that area or simply in this what we call game or something else, please ask God what is the root cause or the rationale of the game. Many times it's connected to your peace. So remember that the peace of God surpasses all understanding, and it is priceless. Just like so many gifts that God gives us. And then it says, what do you think your peace is worth? So then my question, and I, and I hope 
somebody will write it on Facebook or even Minister Sylvia will, you know, let us know. What does the word value mean to you? Mm. That's a strong word right there. Well, I believe the word value is just that, value. Where, how, and what value do you put on yourself? I um, This made me think about, oh, Dr. Wright said too many times I have Exchange my peace for cheap. Mm-hmm. So many, you better stop, Doctor Wright. <laughs> that's what I'm on. So many people have put their self at undervalue. They they don't know that they can go to the Word of God and reading that, that especially women that they are rubies are they they they, they price is high above rubies. The men don't go in there and read the part where it tells them. They value it so great that if if they get sick and not able to do so, that they wives would go to the gate with her goods. And I ain't talking about her goody goods. She would go to the gate with her cakes, her bread. If she made carpets and rugs or scarves or ties, whatever she made, she would go to the gate and she would sell them. Even if she made oils, she would go to the gate and sell them, and she would come back and bring what's needed because of the value. When you put value on yourself, I always say I count myself as valuable. I always tell people, if you don't appreciate me, I would not let you tolerate me because you don't devalue me. I know my place. I know my value. I know who I am. And if you can't see it, okay, you got two ways to go. It's called in or out. If you're going to stay in, you're going to understand my value. If you're going to leave out, let somebody else appreciate my value. Even if I choose to stay by myself, I understand my value. Dr. Rice says, value to me means what I say, what what something is worth to me. It is the value to me. Yes, because if you look at yourself as the value of a penny, I don't even care if you live in a ghetto, that's what your value would be worthless. But if you really look at the value of a penny, especially in this time and age, the value of a penny has grew because of the, uh, what do you call it, the, the minerals or the, 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 the material they use to make it. Copper is valuable. People don't understand that when you are valuable and that you have the word of God in you, and you apply the word of God to your life, you are more valued because now you understand what your worth is because God sees you. And when God sees you and you pray and talk with God, God will tell you what your worth is. Like Apostle Elect was telling me today, she asked God. And when God told her what her value was, she didn't accept anything less. She said, if you don't acknowledge and recognize me, I know how to do what the world say. I know how to move around and tell you to kick rocks. I look at the majority of the women in my life. What I mean by that is, like Dr. Wright, 
Apostle Elect, when we go sit down and eat, we talk about things and we sit back and we laugh and we think about the people that was once in our lives that didn't understand, didn't recognize, didn't see. They just saw an object. But when they look at it now, uh, they recognize the value. You got to look at your value and know, are you a diamond or a diamond L? You know they got the Sacronians, they got the uh, glass, they got the crystal, they got everything that looks like it. But you got to know what your clarity is when you look at value. That I'm like Dr. Wright. When I say what I'm worth, what the value is, I tell you what the what I think valuable is. And one thing I do think valuable is is a smart person that knows who they are and they walk in wisdom. They walk with knowing the knowledge of who they are. And, and I'm going to cut it right there because I'm going to let Kaiser take it from here and I'm going to let her finish. And if I have to make another comment and if you all want to write something on Facebook, I will tell her what you wrote and we will go by there because I will repeat again what Dr. Wright said. Too many times I have exchanged my peace for cheap, and value to me means what I say something is worth. To me, it is value to me. And that's the two comments that we have right now, Apostle. Well, let me explain something um, that God had to show me, that when I did not ask him what I was valued, to him. And when I was allowing man to dictate my value, it dictated my peace. My God. When I was on my job, I had these skill sets that everyone didn't know that I had. But the more my skill sets became transparent, the more valuable. I became to those people and those resources. In relationships, moving to that, that I was in, I realized that sometimes that person that I was dating or talking to didn't understand my value, my God. And because they didn't understand my value and because I hadn't asked God yet, my value, sometimes I allow them to neglect, to abuse, to ignore, to et cetera, et cetera, my value. Now, this isn't about being haughty because God wants us to know how to be confident and yet humble. Many men and women are being bamboozled by, I'm going to keep it, this for some of y'all, this is going to be rated X, by their tongue action. Many people are being valued by their private parts action. But see, after all of that feeling is gone, your peace is what you were just using as your currency. So the currency in heaven is love. The currency in heaven 
teaches us that we need to ask God about our value. Recently, when I said I was going to retire, something happened and I wasn't able to retire. And then I changed my prayer. And I said, God, where will you get the most glory? Where will you be able to use that which you placed in me and you call it valuable? Well, I didn't retire, and I noticed some things on my job had happened because somebody was trying to be slick and to do something that devalued the people that worked for me and with me. So what really, really, really blew me away was that I became at peace without knowing that I was at peace. Because, see, I thought, okay, I've already worked this thing, and it's time for me to retire. But I realized that he shifted me now. My God. Because I didn't ask God what's going to give you glory. I said, God, what's going to give you the most glory? I had to change my mindset. Because there's many things that can give God glory, but what will give him the most glory? And do I value what God is sending me to do, even if I don't get no glory out of it? I think that might have been an ouch for somebody. Well, what helped me was God said, Cecilia, you asked me what's going to give me the most glory. You asked me about value. Now I need you to ask me how important is knowing the value of others to me. Mm-hmm. Now when I asked him knowing the value of others to him, I didn't know that meant that I would have to put myself and my retirement on back burner. Because, see, somebody had prayed and said, God, don't let her leave yet. Somebody had sent up a clarion call and said, God, don't let her leave yet. Somebody sent up a clarion call and said, God, this this microaggression that you've assigned her to still has a mission and it's assigned to me. So as God began to show me the value of these other people and ask me to do what he needed me to do, I said, okay, God, I'll do that. And he says, now come back and ask me again what your value is. And so I came back and I asked God again what my value was. And he took me a whole nother level. And he said, what are some of the hindrance in you, Cecilia, knowing your value to me? Yeah. My God. Yeah. I said, God, me wanting to retire and leave this government before you want me to leave. But you said whatever I want to ask. I have not because I asked not. He said, but you also said what's going to give me the most glory. Amen. So Amen. what I had to realize that there was some strongholds. I'm not, some people got sexual strongholds. Some people got economic strongholds. But I had to realize that there was some strongholds that in microaggression that everybody don't want to deal with. And micro inequalities is one of them. Because, see, 
that stronghold of not wanting people to devalue you, that messes with your peace. Oh, I take that back. That messes with my peace. I'm going to make this personal. Because, see, it's something when you grow up in a neighborhood and you're too light to be black, but you're too dark to be white. It's Amen. something when you grow up in, in, in a, in a uh, institution where you, you, you're like, I'm confused. Am, am, am I black or am I white? And then they start saying, you know, that's not your mother. That's not your father. You, you're the milkman's baby. You know, they start doing all of these things that they think is funny, but it's actually some strongholds that are hidden that God is trying to expose so that you can do what he needs you to do that will give him the most glory. But until you step into that place, my God, where you say, God, get it, get it, get it, get it. I never saw it before. Get it. I never knew that all of those times when they were saying that stuff to me that I brought it to adulthood. Just like that ninja that you was dating that did you wrong, that God uh, delivered you from, and you went right back to him. That's a whole other message, too. Well, see, that's what was going on to me. This was like a ninja that had been plagued in my life, all my life, because I was trying to figure out, okay, I'm too light to be black, but I'm too dark to be white. Hmm. God, this place in the government, because I say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, they're trying to devalue who I am by reminding me that I'm too light to be black, but yet I'm too dark to be white. So will you stay in this government and do what I need you to do? I have some people assigned to you, and then I'll let you go because you said what was going to give me the most glory. So, no, I haven't retired yet. And once God takes care of this stronghold, uh-huh, because, see, there's some of you all that you're dark, but some people are saying you're too dark. Some people are saying you're not dark enough. My God, that's a whole other message, too. And then I had to realize that some of the people that I worked with, we're talking about the strongholds that were uh, affecting my peace. They were narcissists. Uh Uh-huh. They were abusers and neglectors. Uh Uh-huh. They were blame throwers or deflectors. Uh Uh-huh. But they worked for me. Uh Uh-huh. And I had to learn how to teach them how to do their job without taking it personal. Now, see, before I became a supervisor, it was hard to not put back on my, as we say, west side hat. Because if you're coming for me, I want to give you something to come for. Amen. But I had to learn how to be humble and say, God, that person right there that's the blame deflector, how do you want me to handle them? How do you want me to impart you into them? How do you want me to 
be able to influence them to let them know that they're playing a game and I have to decide whether I'm going to participate or not. Uh I think you remember me saying that to Minister Sylvia. Well, once I decided not to participate, which was very hard, because, see, the blame throwers they like, and deflectors, they like to lie. They lie. Every, it's everybody's fault with what's going wrong. It, it's not them. It's you. It's you. The, the abusers that are over you because you won't let them manipulate you into doing stuff to people that work for you, now they become people that are narcissists because you're not doing what they want you to do, how they want you to do it. Now they're blaming you too. So you got people on the top blaming you. You got people on the side blaming you. You got people that are working for you blaming you. And God says you're in good company. They blame Jesus. But he still got on that cross. He still did what I needed him to do. Cecilia, you will... Give these people the evaluations that they deserve. You will not do what's being done to you, but you're going to take the higher road. Uh You're not going to allow that evil spirit to get into you that says, well, they lied on me. Uh Uh-huh, so what? They lied on Jesus. Oh, well, they blame me. Uh Uh-huh, so what? They blame Jesus. But see, my God, when they look like you, you expect them to support you. <laughs> Not all the time. And even the very person that says they're supporting you will have an agenda. Because, see, there's a whole bunch of people with a whole bunch of agendas that will cause you your peace. And, see, your peace messes with what you value yourself to be. It's we are, you know, I, I can't get ahead of myself because um, I almost gave you my last scripture that would have just messed it all up. But no, okay, thank you, God. So as I'm allowing God to protect me, and as I'm allowing God to deal with these strongholds that are, you know, within me, I'm realizing that. Just because I'm allowing God to teach me about me, that's what's going to give him the most glory. But when you have that boss that gets on your last nerve, why haven't you given them that thank you letter yet? They're perfecting you. Mm -hmm. When you have that worker that always be lying on you, Why haven't you given them a thank you letter? And even if you can't because you know they'll use it against you, why haven't you taken them out for lunch yet? Why haven't you bought them dinner yet? My God. When God gives you that colleague who always looking you up on links to see what's your latest whatever, why aren't you thanking them? Why aren't you being Christ-like to them? Because, see, those are, those are strongholds that mess with our peace. I know we want people to work with us that's going to, we can get along good with, but that's not going to give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. My God. That's not going to remind you that God perfects those things that concern him and you concern him. 
That's not going to remind you that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that arises up against you thou shalt condemn, for this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. My God, it's not going to remind you how valuable you are to God. Because, see, uh, everybody, oh, she's so nice. Oh, she's so quiet. She always saying, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. Yeah, but sometimes behind that yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, I'm saying, God, if that's Sam Houston, uh, uh, double hockey stick, uh, I'm not saying those Christ-like things. I'm asking God, God, I grew up on the west side of Chicago. I fought to go to school. I fought to go home. And I feel like fighting right now. And he had to teach me how to fight with my prayers. God, I don't he had to teach me how to fight with my prayers. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. He had to teach me how to uh, fight while meditating on his word day and night. Yes, my God. He had to teach me how to fight by calling on my sisters and brothers and asking them, please, I had to be specific. I didn't just say pray for me. I said pray, uh, God, those God-given prayers that God gave you. Because, see, everybody uh, that say ain't saved, if you know what I mean. They're struggling with things just like I was struggling with the stronghold. And so I had to be specific and tell them to pray those God-given prayers. Because as they pray those God-given prayers, God was showing me more and more of me that was getting in his way. See, your value is when you know the value of the love of God. And you know the value of the love for God. It makes us put our flesh down. Mm-hmm. It makes us uh, do those things that we found hard to do before. I don't find it hard to give someone a fire a fair evaluation. I don't find it hard to treat someone's right that's always treated me wrong. I don't find it hard to say the word next, because if you did not appreciate me, I'm about to not only uh, am I going to take the, you know, dust the, uh, the dust off of my shoes and my feet and my back and everything else, but I'm going to keep it moving so that when God gives me the fortitude to get the bachelor's degree, the master's degree, the doctoral degree, the higher income. Because, see, when you met me, I was getting minimum wage. We ain't going to say what I'm getting right now. But it's because God opened that door. Amen. You know, when I look at... Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. That's, that's, that's the devil. You know, he's teaching us about our value. Ah, you know what? 
when God showed me so much of me and so much of others, one of the things I did not expect was for him to increase my love for those people. I expected him to show me how to respect them and honor them, but I didn't expect him to show me how to love them in spite of what the devil was doing. I found myself praying for them according to the word of God. I found myself asking God to help them to walk in agape love. I found myself asking God to help them to be free. I found myself asking God to help them to love themselves and to know their own self-worth. Because, see, it's one thing to pray for God to get people, which I know none of y'all pray those prayers. I'm talking about me. I'm I'm telling on my own self. You know, I I know none of y'all ever did that before and had God to um, rebuke you and let you know, uh, no, I'm not going to do what you see. But, see, when you realize that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers you out of them all, you realize that that person needs deliverance just like you. And it doesn't matter Mm-mm-mm-mm. if you agree that they need it or not. Because God will tell you, I want you to pray for them, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through 14, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call on me and, and come and I will pray to you. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. You will find you. It says I will be found by you, declares the Lord. He didn't say I might. He said, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. How many of you know these people were caught in captivity? How many of you know that you were caught once in captivity? How many of you know that when you pray for that person to be delivered, when you pray for that person to be set free, that God is blessing you. God is perfecting you. God is showing you all of the prayers that somebody prayed for you. See, I don't know about you, but my mama prayed for me to be free from all of those cat suits and fishnets and and, and suede and, and, and leather and stuff that I was wearing out there trying to show everybody what uh, I had. Uh huh. See, I didn't want them to want what I had more than they wanted me, but I, that was what I was showing them. But see, I had forgot that the Song of Solomon in 4 and 7 here says, you are all together beautiful. It didn't say some of you, but it said that I was all together 
beautiful. So my mind was beautiful. My heart was beautiful. It was more than what was on the outside. It was more than that haircut that I had spent all of that money for. It was more than the jewelry. It was more than the nails. My God. It was more. It was my peace that I thought I had, but I didn't have because I had it based on my outward appearance. I had it based on uh, the fact that somebody had treated me wrong, my God. Because how many of you know that many of us have cried of many tears over a man or a woman? Amen. I didn't cry over many ninjas. Yes, I have. And I thought that they loved me. They loved me, but they didn't love me. So we're going to keep that real. See, I, I, I've lost my peace over many jobs because mm-hmm. I thought they valued the gifts and the talents that I brought to the table. Mm-hmm. I, I, I lost my peace, <laughs> oh, my God, over uh, uh, many people that, that uh, used me to get up the ladder. They they said, can I have a copy of your resume? Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm exposed at all. They said, can yeah. I have, uh, can I go with you to this meeting or that meeting? Can you introduce me to this person or that person? And then when they got up the ladder, they didn't reach back and grab me. They just kept on going up the ladder. And so although I saw it, I thought it wasn't bothering me. But guess what? It did bother me when God started showing me the things that were coming against me to try to destroy my peace. But see, when you realize what God has told each and every one of us in Genesis, let's read it. Let let, let me go back to this scripture right quick because I don't want to miss a word of this right here. Where is it? It is right here. Let me read this because I think many of us, me, I'll say it me because I don't want to. Uh, include you all in me. But I am definitely talking about me. Okay, this is in Genesis. And it's the first chapter. It's verses 26 through 28. And God said, Then God said, Let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image, according to our likeness. This spiritual personality, this moral likeness. You can go ahead on and read the other scriptures, but God said that we were to be made in his image. He's peace. He said we would be made into his likeness. He's love. He said into his likeness. He had authority, the same authority that he's given each and every one of us to dominate, to, to rule, to multiply, to create, you know, those creative ideas that you have. Amen. 
those books that you've written, those those plays that he's given you. God gave those innovative thoughts to you. That's why you're so valuable to him. You're valuable to him in your relationships. You're valuable to him on your child. You're valuable to him in your businesses. You're valuable to him in the very way you pray and preach. You're valuable to him in the way that you share the God-given love that he's given you with others. And when others don't understand your value, we must shake the dust from our feet. We must say next and move on. We must not turn back to our vomit over and over again. Many are going during this season going to be turned over to their reprobate self because they keep allowing people to draw them back into that which God has already delivered you from. But when you know your value, you not only will say next, but you'll say, God, what do you want me to do? What's going to give you the most glory? Not just what's going to give you the glory, but what's going to give you the most glory? Do you know that God allows us to do things and he still gets glory out of it? But there are some things that we could do that he will get the most glory out of. And so I not only am I learning to accept what God allows, I'm learning to ask God continually, God, what's going to give you the most glory? And when we ask him that, God, give me peace in doing what's going to give you the most glory. God, give me peace in knowing that my value is based on you created me in your likeness and your very image. That's all I have, Minister Sylvia. I'll turn the program back over to you. I thank God for the word on tonight where we learn again how God sees us and our value in God's eyes. Dr. Wright said, because I didn't establish my value, I left it for them to do it. In other words, for them to do it for her. She also said, oh, I learned my value, the word for real, for real, and it changed my life. And we have to come to the point in life when we ask God what will give you the most glory. We have to remember to sit back, not only wait for his instructions, but to make sure our ears is tuned in to hear and then follow them. Like the woman of God said a little while ago, don't do something like it. Don't say, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this. Do what God has said to do. That way you will get a chance to get um, the opportunity to do what will give him the most glory. Because we don't want to get in God's way. We want God to make sure that he, we decrease, that he will increase. And when God shows you your value and you 
walk, operate and what God has shown you, when other people see your value, they'll know that's nobody but God. Like the woman of God said, brother, we want to admit it or not. We didn't cry many a night, many a night. I'm going to share this before I tell you the lines are open and you can speak. On today, a young lady that we know, Barry went out on her car. She couldn't call her baby's daddy or her boyfriend or anybody because nobody has nothing to come help her. But she had to call on somebody that she once had a chance to date, but she didn't date him because he didn't have a certain look and he didn't have a vehicle. But now, down the road, his value has changed, and she's living in the shoulda, coulda, woulda. And the opportunity that something you once had a chance to have, you didn't have because you saw the value on the other side. As Apostle Elect always say, the grass looks great on the other side, but they forget they're looking through rose-colored glasses. I just want to say something to what was said earlier also. We put the value on body parts, whatever it was hers or his. But after a while, the body parts stopped working. Mm, that's like Apostle said, it's going to be a rated X. It's time to get grown about God's word because we're not living in a childish time. Things stop working when you operate on the value of what mankind says. Mankind is man, woman, what we think is value. We don't understand the value of God. And once we get that and apply that to our lives, we will understand what God is saying. Where's your value? He told us back in Genesis, the first chapter, 26th verse. He made us in his own image. And God had enough value that he created the heavens and the earth, everything on it, everything in it, and everything above it. So with that being said, the lines are open. Please feel free to speak up now. Those that's on Facebook, please feel free to type in. So this is your opportunity to tell us about your value and what you got out of tonight's lesson. Amen. Go ahead. Okay, so we have no comments on tonight, but back to knowing what your value is. Maybe some of you all are now on the throne or talking to God, sitting in the place that you call the throne, that you're trying to reach the throne of God, asking him for your value, asking him to show you how to receive, obtain your value. Because one thing I do know, when you understand the value of prayer, yesterday I was asked to pray, and I prayed so long, I thought I only had prayed for five minutes. But when I when it came to, to the truth, I don't even know how long I prayed. But I believe the program was, was over, almost over, because I understand the value of operating in God's will, God's way. There's no reason to be scared. There's no reason to be ashamed. There's no reason that you should not ask God 
for the opportunity to use you, that he will get the most glory and value out of what he's called you to do. It is more than our reasonable service to serve God. So I'm going to give you all our closing remarks, and I'm going to turn it back over to the woman of God so we can, she can close us out with her last remarks. But I thank you all for joining in on tonight. Our foundation of scripture is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Next Monday is the second Monday of the month of June. That will be Pastor Servant Troy Thomas Knight. If you all will please tune in. You can hear him on Facebook Live as well as Blog Talk at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you come back Friday, um, I'm going to see if Dr. Wright will be available to speak to us on Friday night that's coming up at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If not, I will see what God has for us through what he gives me. I'm just going to put that out there because Dr. Wright was um, able to see the video or the live tonight, or she will be able to let me know. So if you come back next Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you will get a chance to hear a possibly like Dr. Celia Kaiser speak again. She will share with us what God has put in her heart to share with us. And I just want you all to know that this ministry has value to it, the value of being anointed, the value of being appointed, the value of bringing forth God's word, by his word, from his word. We give you scripture, she gave you scripture, so that you can follow along, that you would know that the value of God's word in our life, on our life, through God, it's the most valuable thing we can have. You don't have to buy it. All you have to do is request it. Repent and request, and God shall grant it. So with that being said, please keep this ministry in your prayers. Every minister, every apostle, every doctor, every pastor, every prophet, everyone that's assigned to this ministry, please keep them, their loved ones, and household in your prayers because we're doing what God told us to do, to preach his word on and in every highway and byway. There shall be no excuse. We love you with the love of the Lord, and ain't nothing you can do about it. Woman of God, Apostle Elect is back in your hands. I will end um, with prayer. Father God, I thank you for Minister Sylvia. I thank you for Pastor Troy, Prophet Anton, Minister Margo, Elder Tony, Minister Ron. God, I ask you for a special prayer for Dr. Wright. God, not only to expand her financially, economically, socially, and spiritually, but God, I ask you to cause those that are around her to not only speak life into her life, but to do things that will promote her in so many directions that it will give you the most glory. 
I ask you, God, that you take her ministry to places that her eyes have not seen and hasn't entered into her heart. And, God, that man, kind, has no way of knowing that you have it in store for her. God, I thank you that she's blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I thank you that her son is blessed in the city and blessed in the field. God, I thank you for everything that you're doing in her life. God, I seek expansion, 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 expansion to the mountaintops, expansions in the valleys, expansions all over the world. God, expansion, expansion, networking, connections, expansion in the name of Jesus for your glory, God, for your glory. Her, her value is far above rubies and diamonds. Because you created her in your likeness and your image. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. Good night, everyone.